we're not in the great outdoors, we're thinking about it. Kender Outdoors. Come on into the camp house and make yourself at home. Hey, we had some cold weather, even a little ice around here. Uh, earlier this week, around here uh, is North Texas. And, boy, we don't get a whole lot of ice in our neck of the woods. We, uh, or I, I'll keep this to an I, I'm kind of like a hog on ice. When it ices up, I'm not used to that stuff. Some of my northern buddies laugh at me, but I slip and slide a little bit. I like solid ground and open water. Hey, I'm Billy Kinder. Welcome to our campfire. We're glad you're here today at Kinder Outdoors, front door to the camp house, brought to you by Calming Care from our trusted friends at Purina. Calming Care is the product I've been telling you about that very gently, safely, over time, settles the overactive dog. If that's a bird dog, working dog, it won't take any of the hunting fire or working fire out of them. It'll just settle them down and keep them from bouncing off the walls. Learn more about calming care when you visit me at kinderoutdoors.com. Hey, what are your thoughts on CWD? Personally, I don't really know what to think. I'm not a biologist. I haven't studied it. But as a layman, I read all the stuff that pops up here and there. I get the notifications from various states across the country. But to me, CWD, chronic wasting disease in our cervids, our deer, our elk, is a lot like COVID in we humans. Everybody's talking about it, and everybody's saying something different. I don't know what to believe. So in trying times like this, I lean on a pro, and his name is Larry Wysoon, big game biologist, television host, podcaster, writer, hunter extraordinaire, grandpa, and all-around good old boy. We're going to ask Larry to put his wildlife biologist hat on today and talk to us about CWD. See if we can't maybe learn a little something. Bass anglers all over the nation, amateur and pro, are keeping their eyes on OHIV. They're all talking about the giants that have been coming out of OHIV for over a year now. Things got off to a great start at OHIV during the first week of our Texas Sherlunker season. It started January 1st. It was Tyler Anderson, remember him, from Austin, and Wendell Ramsey of San Angelo. They landed the first Giants, 14.48 and 14.92, respectively. Last year, OHIV produced 12 of the 23 13-pound or larger largemouth bass during a remarkable 2021 Sherlunker season. Back to 2022 and Sherlunker number three for the year. 13.48, Tim Broadfoot caught this fish, and he caught it out of a little lake I've never heard of before. Lake Daniel is about 80 miles northeast of Abilene, Texas, Stevens County. First ever Sherlunker entry, 13 pounds or bigger from Daniel. Back to OHIV where Josh Jones out of Oklahoma caught a 14.13. Then Brady Stanford reeled in a 15.03, and Brett Cannon caught a 13.37. It's been real cold this week, freezing temperatures, a little ice falling. Remember the big freeze last year and how immediately after that these giants started showing up in big numbers? Why don't you go fishing today? Hey, Virginia, how cool would this be to hunt in Virginia's inaugural elk hunt? That lottery is open now offering a chance to harvest a massive bull elk scoring as high as 350 inches. 
and you could be the first. You have to fill out your application, though, and we make that easy for you at kinderoutdoors.com. Colorado Parks and Wildlife, hands down, turns out the best video of any of our state conservation agencies, and they've done it again. I want you to go look at this video at kinderoutdoors.com featuring up close in the rocks. I mean, I don't know how they got this footage of bighorn rams during the fall mating season when they're so active and running up and down and through those rocks as if they were on flat ground. It's very cool, and it's at kinderoutdoors.com. Something else that's cool is the Bassmaster High School All-American team every year. Judges will select up to two student anglers from each state, and Bass is looking for nominations right now for the best and brightest high school bass anglers in the country. Each year, they recognize the 12 most outstanding high school anglers that have shown success not only on the water, but leadership in their communities and involvement in conservation efforts as well. Students must currently be enrolled in grades 10 through 12 with a grade point average of 2.5 or higher. They must be nominated by a parent, coach, teacher, or other school official. Speaking of Bassmaster, there are a couple of new old faces back on that elite trail this summer. Mike Iconelli is back. He dipped his toes in the Major League fishing water for a while. So did Jacob Peroznik. But they're both back fishing the elites this year. And that 2022 Academy Sports and Outdoors Bassmaster Classic presented by Hook. Golly, less than a month away, March 4, 5, and 6, Lake Hartwell, Greenville, South Carolina. We're going to talk to the guy that knows it all, Dave Mercer. My buddy Dave Mercer with Bassmaster in a week or two. Pick up the calming care from your vet's office. Order it from Chewy.com. Just make sure you get it for your overactive dog, the overbarker, the overjumper, the really nervous dog. This will settle them without changing their personality. Folks are loving calming care. Let's grab a cup of coffee. Hey, everybody. It's Dave Mercer with Bassmaster. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I am sure thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. The Bassmaster Classic is going back to Greenville. So make plans to join us at the greatest event in bass fishing March 4th through the 6th. Watch the anglers take off at Lake Hartwell in Anderson. Then head to Greenville to check out the expo featuring the latest in outdoor gear at the Greenville Convention Center. Plus experience the exciting weigh-in shows at Bon Secours Wellness Arena. It's fun for the whole family and all events are free. Come and have a great time in Greenville at the Academy Sports and Outdoors Bassmaster Classic presented by Hook. Details at Bassmaster.com. It's almost time for spring turkeys. Stop in and see the fine folks at Marksman Firearms for guns, ammo, sights, scopes, and accessories. They've got stores in Granbury, Colleen, Mansfield, and Wichita Falls. Texas-owned, Texas-proud. Military and first responders get a 10% discount. And they offer 90-day layaway, same as cash. For more info, visit MarksmanFirearms.com. Make your mark. 
at Marksman. When you drop your wild game off at Cinnamon Creek Ranch Wild Game Processing, go ahead, order up your ground meat and breakfast sausage. But don't stop there. We worked on a taco meat for three years to where women and kids would eat it, and a chili that we make now where you just take these things home and just throw them in a crock pot or fry them in a pan and they're ready to go. Our tamales are probably hands down to anyone's. They're double meat and, you know, masa. And they're simple. And they're, and they're, we just can't make them fast enough. They're fully cooked. All you got to do is poke two or three holes in the bag that we give them to you in and throw them in the microwave for three and a half minutes aside. And it's like we just pulled them out of our steamer the day we made them. These items have become staples in our home. Robin's favorite is the taco meat. I'm partial to the tamales. And what a feast when we put it all together for friends and family. Cinnamon Creek Wild Game Processing, just north of Fort Worth, about a mile from Cabela's as the crow flies. CinnamonCreekRanch.com At the Outdoors Tomorrow Foundation, we're really happy to have more than 50,000 kids in school classrooms learning about archery, fishing, boating, and other outdoor skills each year. We're thrilled that we have grown to schools across the United States and continue to grow. We're humbled that teaching wildlife conservation to our future generations have been so eagerly accepted by more than a quarter million kids so far. We're happy, thrilled, and humbled, but we're not stopping. The Outdoor Adventures program in junior highs and high schools across America has proven to be a hit with kids, and in case after case, we've seen Outdoor Adventures' young lives changed. Kids that just were not into school and not involved are now excited to get into the classroom each day because of outdoor adventures. The kids earn classroom credit by learning the outdoor basics and they smile while learning. If you want outdoor adventures in your local school, contact me, Scott McClure. I'm at GoOTF.com. That's Scott at GoOTF.com. After spending a few days at Joshua Creek Ranch, I describe it as a sportsman's nirvana. We love creating a unique experience for each of our guests. You know, the interests can vary here from wing shooting to deer hunting to fly fishing to river kayaking. So we have a great variety of guests, and um, we like for them to enjoy everything we have to offer. As I enjoyed the birth of a new day over the rolling hill country ranch that is Joshua Creek, I was amazed at the wildlife, quail, pheasants, native white-tailed deer, trophy class axis deer. We've worked hard on the habitat, planted improved grasses, really with the help of some wildlife biologists studied what would make the best habitat to keep our game here. Mm -hmm. We can hunt easily six, seven, eight groups. And we don't try to do it on 40 acres. I mean, these people get to walk. They get to see some country. Joe and Ann Kirchival invite you to enjoy this free-range ranch just northwest of San Antonio. Visit joshuacreek.com. been dropped off in a remote wilderness where the bears outnumber people 10 to 1 and the mosquitoes have been known to carry off full-grown moose lucky join us in camp and tell us about it at kinder outdoors hey welcome back to our campfire here at kinder outdoors thanks for hanging out with us today dallas safari club kicked it all off and then we went to uh, shot show and sheep show all the big western shows now it's off to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania for the NRA's Great American Outdoor Show. This is a big nine-day get-together. Runs through the 13th. Kicks off today, Saturday, February 5th. 
and runs through the 13th in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. 650,000 square foot of exhibit hall space. After the Great American, it's off to Nashville, Tennessee for the National Wild Turkey Federation Convention and Sports Show February 16, 17, 18, and 19. More than 350 exhibitors. Gaylord Opryland Hotel and Convention Center. At the Dallas Safari Club Convention and Expo, I ran into Natalie Wolf. Natalie is with the uh, Texas Brigades. This was an idea spawned three decades ago, which has taken off and flourished and grown uh, through the years. And she reminded me that this is the 30th anniversary. It's a very special benchmark year. Always a pleasure when I see Natalie walking up. It's uh, uh, always a pleasant conversation, a good visit. Natalie, welcome to the show. It's good to have you with us. Thank you, Billy. Glad to be here. I was uh, working at the Dallas Safari Club Convention and Expo, and here comes Natalie. Always a pleasure to see her smiling face. And you reminded me that it's a really big year for the Texas Brigades. I can't believe the Brigades are 30 years old this year. Yes, sir. Yes, we started our first camp back in 93, and over the past 30 years, I've expanded all kinds of camps in programming, and uh, we're really excited to celebrate our 30-year milestone this year. Yep, and uh, we're going to talk about that in a couple of minutes, but for folks that are in the dark on this and wondering what the heck are the Texas Brigades, can you explain that to us? Yeah, absolutely. So we are most known for our summer camps, and what those are are hands-on activities and curriculum throughout the summer that immerse participants in sciences like ecology, in biology, and our summer camps are offered to adolescents from 13 to 17 years old. They're going to get five days of concentrated curriculum in wildlife habitat, land management principles, leadership, public speaking, team building, and, of course, lots of mentoring and professional development and friendships. When you said that these uh, youngsters are immersed in the program for five days, that that is the perfect word. I've attended a lot of these brigades, and... It's amazing to me every single time that these kids are up at 5 a.m. Many times uh, they're working on homework and carrying out duties until after midnight, and they do it all with a smile on their face, and they just have a blast doing it. (laughs) Yes, they do, and I would credit our amazing volunteers that we have across the state in all professional realms that are able to pass their passion for wildlife and stewardship directly to the kids. So it keeps everyone motivated. Yeah, this started with the Bob White Brigade years ago, Dr. Dale Rollins. That was his baby. But, boy, has it grown through the years. Uh, it's time right now for kids to to try to get registered and get into these camps. I say try because it's difficult a lot of times. They fill up fast. Um, but tell us. We've grown from the Bob White Brigade to what? So we have nine camps scheduled this summer. We've got two of the Bob White Brigade, Buckskin Brigade, and now Ranch Brigade, as well as Bass, Coastal, and Waterfowl Brigade. So we have nine different camps across the state 
And so when someone goes to apply, they have not only um, the camps to choose from based off of interest, they can choose based off of their region, or they can choose based off their date because they're through June and July, and we know these kids are really busy. And yes, they, I, they are. I would say that, um, as you mentioned, it is an application process, and, and yes, due to the capacity at each of these facilities, we're only able to admit um, a certain amount of kids throughout the year. So we do encourage early applications and a lot of forethought into those. But anybody who's interested can go to texasbrigades.org and click the Apply Now button, and they can read all about the different camps and application process. Absolutely. Uh, and listen, your, your kids, I can tell you firsthand, folks, your kids are going to be cared for. They're going to be safe. They're going to be uh, smarter when they come out of there than when they went in. And they'll probably leave their room cleaner and their bed made, uh, which maybe they didn't do before they went to this camp. It's phenomenal what happens with these kids. And we're celebrating 30 years of the Texas Brigades in March. Tell us about this, and can we come be a part of that? Yes, yes, yes. Anybody can come and be a part of this 30-year celebration. We are really, we want this to be an alumni event. We have over 4,000 graduates and alumni that includes volunteers across the state that we really want to bring together and celebrate all of the milestones that Texas Brigades has achieved and really just use it as a time for camaraderie and memory making and really just connecting again with everybody. It's going to be in Fredericksburg, Texas. You can go to texasbrigades.org slash 30 years. And we um, have all the ticket information. We have um, all kinds of information there where you can come and join us. Very good. So if you're a, an alumnus, maybe you were a cadet at one time or another, or you taught at one of these brigades, it's a big reunion. They want to see you there uh, at the Vista Oaks Event Center in beautiful Fredericksburg. Who doesn't love to go to Fredericksburg? Squeeze a little shopping in uh, down there, maybe around the golf at that Lady Bird Johnson golf course that I love so much. Uh, and enjoy, enjoy a great weekend and reunion with uh, all your old pals from the Texas Brigades. Natalie, so many times I go back and visit these brigades, and I see people there instructing that once were cadets. Uh, a lot of people make this a lifestyle, don't they? Yes, absolutely, and we're so proud of that. We love our Texas Brigades family, and it's amazing to see the kids that even I saw when I was a volunteer who were in camps now um, on the camp committees and even leading some of those camp committees with, again, their uh, cadre of professional volunteers who just care so much about getting kids passionate about the outdoors, and I love it. Learn all about the Texas Brigades. Hey, you don't have to be a Texan to attend the Texas Brigades. You guys see kids from all over. Am I mistaken? No, no, yes, you're absolutely right. We get them from all over, from Kansas to New York to Louisiana, all over. So we're, we, we're very welcoming. You bet. Love to see you at a Texas Brigade camp this summer. One more time, the website, Natalie? TexasBrigades.org. 
Natalie Wolf with the Texas Brigades. Always good to visit with you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Billy. Fortiflora is America's number one canine probiotic. It should be in your home if you have a dog. It, it ought to be at ready uh, for GI upset because GI upset happens to all of our dogs from time to time. They get into the trash, eat something they shouldn't, uh, stressful workouts, all kinds of things can cause GI upset. And Fortiflora fixes that. Get Fortiflora at Chewy.com. Mr. Whitetail Larry Wysoon, he's our big game guy here at Kinder Outdoors, and we're going to talk to him about CWD a little bit later on the show today. How much do you know about CWD? I know a lot, but I don't know how much of it is true. You hear all kinds of stuff. We'll talk to Larry about it. Hi, I'm Dex Deaton of the University of North Texas Bass Team. And when I'm not catching big bass, I'm dreaming about it with Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. Introducing Canyon Valley Provisions. Grass-fed beef is high in omega-3s and conjugated linoleic acid, which is known as CLAs. In layman terms, it's a type of fat that your body can use, and it doesn't damage your heart or any part of your vascular system. Buy better beef for your family. We manage holistically, or some people call it regeneratively. We want everything that we do to be a part of our good stewardship of the land. We think that's what God's put us here to do, so... The cattle are healthy and the land's healthy. We want both. We don't want one or the other. If you were to buy a grass-fed, grass-finished steak by the pound, you'd pay anywhere from 18 to $30 a pound. But if you buy a quarter, half, or whole, you're ranging from anywhere $7.80 and below. So you're paying a third of the price for that steak and, you know, those good cuts. And you get a whole lot more bang for your buck when you buy in bulk. Don't let 2020 happen in your home again. CanyonValleyProvisions.com Raising cattle in West Texas for five generations. I'm Tom Watson with Bend Knee International, asking you to pray for the Navajo people of New Mexico and Arizona. The COVID-19 pandemic has hit these native people exceptionally hard. In many cases, multiple families live in the same home. Water is carried from muddy streams for household use, and medical care is many miles away. I simply ask that you join me in lifting them up to the Lord. To learn more, please visit BendedKnee.org. Outdoor Texas Camps develops outdoor skills in boys and girls aged 9 to 17. Bass fishing and fly fishing, saltwater fishing, archery, rifle, and handgun, trap, skeet, and much more. Outdoor Texas Camps is offering $400 scholarships, courtesy of the Sportsman's Club of Fort Worth, to girls in the North Texas area. Visit OutdoorTexasCamps.com. Safe and time-honored skills for our youth. Outdoor Texas Camps is filling up fast for 2022. Act quickly. OutdoorTexasCamps.com National outdoor writer Ken Kirkaby knows of what he writes. I think I probably hunted just about every western state. Uh, yeah, and I fly fished in a lot of those places. He's fished the waters, walked the land, and harvested the game that makes him authentic. That's where the basis of that comes from. I wanted to make this really authentic, and I wanted people to identify with it. Guys like you and I have a real hard time finding good stuff to read because it's written by guys that just don't know what the heck they're writing about. And guys like you and I, we read two pages and we say, hey, that's phony. This is this is not the way it is. Ever since The Old Man in the Sea, fishing novels have been scarce on the horizon. That was until national outdoor writer Ken Kirkaby wrote his blue water classic, The Tournament. Chuck Winchler of Sporting Classics says you can read The Tournament in about the time it takes to catch a big marlin. And every moment will be just as fun, just as exciting. 
Jennifer Mayhall of Paradise This Week says, The tournament reels you into the world of sport fishing and doesn't let you go. The Tournament by Ken Kirkaby. Get it on Amazon. If you fry your turkeys during the holiday season and you're tired of the hassle of pots, open flames under hot oil, and sticky, oily messes, then it's time to take a good look at the Cajun Fryer by R&V Works. The original, the last fryer that you'll ever need to purchase. Cajun Fryer puts pro-level frying gear in your backyard or hunt and fish camp. These are high-performance, low-maintenance deep fryers that feature the heat source in the oil. Your oil heats from the inside out. If your family loves a fish fry, Cajun Fryer is a must. Because the heat source is suspended in the oil, small crumbs and pieces that burn fall to the bottom. So your oil stays much cleaner, many times lasting the entire year. Often imitated, never duplicated. Don't be fooled. Take a look at the original Cajun Fryer at CajunFryer.com. Fresh, crisp, delicious every time. CajunFryer.com. It is the dream of the animal rights fanatics to suppress your most natural connection to the earth. To sell you a life filled with urban fascinations. To ignore that death is life's unwavering partner. Together, creating a relationship between predator and prey that makes it possible for us all to survive. To the hunter, this world's most honest steward, these fantasies are the poisonous, perverted manipulations of social misfits who would take this planet hostage. They should startle you and awaken you to trust the hunter in your blood. If you boys are taking that old flat bottom out, don't forget these coffee cans. Just like life, you'll need to bail a little water now and then. This is Life in the Camp House at Kender Outdoors. Hey, I want to say hello and congratulations to Kevin Shelton. He lives in Eudora, Kansas. Kevin, thanks for listening to the show and for uh, registering. Went to KinderOutdoors.com and registered to win a t-shirt, and he did just that. One of those good-looking Kinder Outdoors t-shirts is headed your way, Kevin. All the way to Eudora, Kansas. I wonder if he's got any pheasants around the place. This corner of the camp house is brought to you by Joshua Creek Ranch, and they have, sure enough, got pheasants at Joshua Creek Ranch. Matter of fact, the folks at Orvis and Beretta say this is one of the finest upland bird hunting facilities, lodges, places on planet Earth. And I tend to agree. I've had the good fortune of visiting a lot of wonderful places to bird hunt. Joshua Creek is unmatched, without peer. Take your family, enjoy this beautiful place on the Guadalupe River. Learn more about Joshua Creek Ranch when you visit me at kinderoutdoors.com, K-I-N-D-E-R. My old buddy Larry Wysoon, Mr. Whitetail, is on that Kinder Outdoors trot line. Welcome back, Larry. Last time I saw you was at the Dallas Safari Club Convention and Expo. Did we have a good time or what? 
Billy, I've, I've attended a lot of them, and I think this was one of the most, if not the most, upbeat, more smiling people. Uh, the exhibitors were smiling. The people coming through the doors were smiling, and they came in in droves. It was absolutely a fabulous convention in so many different ways. Oh, my goodness. When I looked out across that crowd on Thursday and said, you know what, this may be the best Thursday crowd I've ever seen, I knew we were in for a big weekend. And it was. It was, it was huge. We're not... We're not uh, blowing this thing up any bigger than it was. It was over the top. <laughs> Wonderful. It, it it truly was. And like I said, one to me, one of the great things was is you saw so many smiling faces, and particularly in terms of the exhibitors and, and also of all the attendees. And, and we had, a, thanks to you, an absolutely great turnout at the DSC Conservation Stage and had several things going on there. And I know you are already planning for next year, and we've been talking about some ideas. So, you know, if, if people miss the convention this year and the Hunter Expo there at the Cave Hudson Center, they need to start planning for the one coming up in 2023. Yeah, exactly. First week in January 2023. I want to talk uh, about something with you today as a biologist that uh, that I know you, you keep a close eye on, and that's CWD. To me, uh, Larry, CWD is kind of like the cervid COVID. There's a lot of different opinions about it, um, and, you know, you, you you think this way's right, and then the, you hear something over here, and that makes sense. Let's try to make a little sense out of CWD. When, when, uh, when a state like Alabama just recently uh, sent a press release out saying, hey, we've discovered CWD for the first time in our state, boy, it's a big deal, and it sends echoes out around the surrounding states, uh, and everybody pays close attention to that. What is CWD? Let's start right there. Basically, it's it's a prion, which is a protein that, that, that cannot hardly be killed in any form or fashion. So it, it's a very unique disease when it comes to primarily to white-tailed deer or some of the other deer species. This, of course, has been found and started out in the elk years ago where they started finding it. And I want to come back to that and then also understand even in reindeer in places like Norway and so it's a deer species pretty much specific, as far as we know, that uh, affects the different deer species across the country. Now, I, I want to come want to come back to that it was discovered. Years ago, they did a bunch of research up at uh, the very northeastern corner of Colorado on elk, and it was there where the disease was first described in, in terms of lesions, in terms of how the animals reacted and what they thought the causative agent was. And... Uh, from there, it's kind of kind of spread. Now, it kind of, I say kind of spread because my background is wildlife disease biologist. Many years ago, through the Department of Veterinary Pathology there at Texas A&M, and we looked at all kinds of different disease problems, if you will. This goes back to the late '60s, early '70s, particularly that that time frame. And occasionally, we would run across animals that we just could not figure out what the heck it was. We didn't know what it was. Now, over the years. When it was first described, it, it was in in the uh, in elk in terms of pinned elk. And over the years, I think what what's happened is with me, I'm one of those that believes that CWD probably has been around for a long, long time. But in the last bunch of years, we've spent so much time with with game breeder deer in in pen situations. Uh, people become a lot more aware of when an animal dies. Years ago, and a, and a deer or an elk died. 
you know, the rancher, just a farmer, just kind of looked at it, oh, well, you know, something happened to the deer, and there wasn't really a whole lot of attention paid to it. These days, when an animal dies, oh, my God, we got to find out what it is, and, and oh, my gosh, you know, the world's going to come to an end kind of thing. And, and I think that's kind of what's, what's happening, and, and therefore I really kind of appreciate what you're kind of correlating this to what the COVID thing is. That's all so interesting, and we have a lot more ground to cover. Larry, if you don't mind, grab a cup of coffee and just hang on. And uh, I'll be back with you in a few minutes. This corner of the camp house brought to you by Joshua Creek Ranch in the Texas Hill Country. They sell memberships now. You do not have to be a member to hunt, fish, enjoy a meal, stay at Joshua Creek Ranch. But if you want to go two, three, four times a year, this will save you some money. Individual, family, and corporate memberships available at Joshua Creek Ranch. Learn more at kinderoutdoors.com. Let's say hello now to Victoria Bittman. It's time to break the shotgun out and go shoot sporting clays. Welcome to the show, Victoria. I can't believe it's been a year. I know. What a crazy year it's been, huh? (laughs) Yeah, two of them back-to-back. But one thing that's solid and sure and always a lot of fun uh, and a chance to kind of get away from it all is the Tarrant County Casa Clay Shoot. It is time to break the shotgun out and go enjoy busting clays uh, and helping a bunch of kids. Tell us, first of all, Victoria, what is CASA? For folks that don't know what C-A-S-A CASA is, I know you're with Tarrant County, but there are are CASA groups all over the country. Yes, sir. Yeah, so we are – so CASA stands for Court Appointed Special Advocates. So we advocate for children who have been abused and neglected in our county. So – like you said, there are CASA programs throughout the state of Texas as well as nationally throughout our um, our country. So there are kids all over our country who need voices to speak up for them, especially in our county. We have a waiting list of over 500 children that need someone to speak up on their behalf in the courtroom and just be there for them. Obviously, it is very important work, and it takes dollars to do that. And here's a fun way to raise those dollars. It's the Pool for Kids Casa of Tarrant County Sporting Clay Shoot. When and where? Tell us about this. Yes, so we have moved location this year. We are at Defender Outdoors Clay Sports Ranch. It's in Fort Worth off uh, Interstate 20, and uh, it will be on March 4th. Friday at uh, First Pools at 9 a.m. Registration starts at 8. We'll have coffee ready and available. Okay, and that's going to be on March 4th. And uh, what, you guys provide golf carts, so we're going to we're going to shoot in comfort. Mm-hmm. We're not going to have to walk station to station. No, sir. Uh, <laughs> and you typically have some pretty cool guns and stuff to give away. Yes. So that day, so our First Pools at 9 a.m. We'll have some gun boards available that day. Um, as well as some raffle items, those will, the raffle items are actually live on our website at casaclayshoot.org. So you'll be able to look at these packages ahead of time, and then we'll have them available in person at the shoot as well. The gun boards are only in person, so you'll have to be there to, if you want to win a gun. You have to be there and put a buck or two down on a, on a square and uh, win a gun and take it home. Defender Outdoors, state-of-the-art sporting clays place. If you haven't been there, you would need to treat yourself and go uh, on March 4th and join us for the uh, 6th annual Casa of Jarrett County Pool for Kids. All right, Victoria, look forward to seeing you on uh, March 4th. Yes, sounds great. Thank you, sir. It's, can you believe it's that time of year already? We're thinking shotguns and sporting clays. 
hey, it's time to start another cycle. Let's grab a cup of coffee, then we'll come back and finish up with Mr. Whitetail Larry Wysoon talking CWD. I'm Jody Clark with The Experience with Weston and Jody. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. That may be the best show I've ever recorded. Whatever. Some of the most outstanding memories in Brendan's young life have been the hunting trips that he takes with Dad. Duck, doves, quail. But the good times aren't just reserved for the dove field or the deer blind. They all start in the cab of that classic Chevrolet when you pull out of the drive. Um, the corner store, he gets snack, and he either stop at Bucky's. Because it's Bucky's. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun hiding from the cold with Dad in a duck blind, and the ice doesn't seem that bad out in that old flat-bottom boat for a little while. A decoy, he starts it up, and sometimes the decoys make noises, I think. Or if it does, if that doesn't work, he just uses his call. And then they just come, but sometimes we come back with nothing. But home away from home is that classic Chevrolet. I love sleeping in the car and then waking up still in the car as well. I can just feel the comfort knowing that it will be fun. At Classic Chevrolet, we sell memory makers. Come get yours. ClassicChevrolet.com. I'm going to lay this out to you as simply as I possibly can because it really is simple. Buy your cold weather wear from Ron and Teresa Miskin at the Buffalo Wool Company and stay warm. Gloves, socks, hats, beanies. I love my neck gaiter. All made from the insulating fibers of the American bison. The same fiber or buffalo wool that protects the buffalo against a frigid winter in Montana, Wyoming, or the Dakotas. Buffalo wool is warmer than traditional wool, and it's luxuriously soft on your skin, not scratchy or abrasive. It wicks moisture away and is unbelievably tough, lasting year after year. And they back up what they sell with a 100% money-back guarantee if you're not happy. Take a look. TheBuffaloWoolCo.com TheBuffaloWoolCo.com It's simple. Don't head to the country without stopping at Teskey's Outdoors in Weatherford. I'm Randy Jackson reminding you that we are on the way to the ranch just west of Weatherford on the south side of Interstate 20. We have rifles, pistols, shotguns, all from dependable names like Smith & Wesson, Browning, Beretta, Christensen, Megara, Six Hour, Winchester, and many more. Be sure to ask about our used gun selection too. Teskey's Outdoors can deck you out for the field and the boat with outdoor wear from Patagonia, Cool, Sims, Howler Brothers, Ariat, Free Fly, Sitka, North Face, and many others. We are a one-stop shop on your way to the Rancher Lease with ammo for ducks, dove, quail, deer, varmints, and even tin cans. Heck, you can buy your hunting and fishing license at Teskey's Outdoors in Weatherford. Bring the trader, deer blinds, feed, and feeders available, too. We have what you need and what you forgot to pack when you left the house. Teskey's Outdoors on the south side of I-20, just west of Weatherford. Dove hunting in Argentina is well documented, but as my friends at JJ Caseria, Cordoba Doves will tell you, the duck hunting is unmatched anywhere in the world. Lane Balky is the U.S. representative for JJ Caseria. The duck lodge uh, is in Corrientes. We shoot 30 ducks in the morning and 10 per days in the afternoon. We have 11 different species of ducks. We have a duck season from the 15th of April to the 31st of August. You are assured before you ever leave American soil that you're going to feel welcome 
and at home when you hunt with your new friends at J.J. Castelleria. Our lodge is beautiful. It's four years old. It has ten double bedrooms, all with private baths, all heated and air-conditioned. It's very comfortable. We don't put on air, so you'll feel as relaxed in the lodge as you do in your living room. Hunt world-class doves and ducks in Argentina. Plan next year now by visiting cordobadoves.com. My name is Jose Grasso, the owner of JJ Caseria. Can see me in Argentina. The coffee's always on, and the conservation is always good. Make sure you bring a youngin or two. Together, let's teach them what heritage and tradition looks like. This is the Big Billy Kinder Outdoors Camp House. Hey, why don't you come and register for one of those very cool Kinder Outdoors t-shirts that we give away all the time. All you have to do is drop by KinderOutdoors.com, K-I-N-D-E-R, throw your name in the hat. You'll see the place to register there. Uh, Give us your name and a good way to reach you so we can get your mailing address when we need it. And win one of those good-looking Kinder Outdoors t-shirts. You ever want to reach us in the camp house? Easily done. 1-877-820-BBKO. 1-877-820-2256. And the camp house website. KinderOutdoors.com. Drop off a picture for the bragging board from the boat, the blind, the pasture, the whatever. We want to see what's going on in your outdoor world. We're talking to my good friend Larry Wysoon, wildlife biologist, big game biologist, um, about CWD, chronic wasting disease today. We kicked off a very interesting conversation uh, a little while ago, and I want to pick that back up now as I jump on that Kinder Outdoors trot line with Larry talking to us from his home down in the beautiful Texas Hill Country down around Brenham, uh, Texas. I think a lot of uh, people that have uh, gotten sick and died over the past two years of heart disease or uh, different different (laughs) causes, that's been laid at the doorstep of COVID. Uh, And I think that's that's a similar story with our deer. Like you were just talking about, natural causes or whatever, a lot of times uh, if they die next to a water hole, uh, you know, we start making assumptions. We, we do, and, and of course, it's one of those things. I, I really feel like it's been here for a long, long time. And <clears throat> I know that very recently there's been a, a huge amount of dollars that's been allocated to to do some really sound, hard research. One of the things that they're finding is that for the most part, it shows up. It's a, the incubation period on these things on this thing is apparently rather long and there in most of the time when you do find it it's an older it's an older deer now i know in some instances particularly in a, in a pen confined situation they found it in younger animals as well too but it still takes a long time to develop and during that time frame of that of that particular individual animal developing yet there's a lot of reproduction that can occur so to me, it's not one of those diseases that's ever going to wipe out the white-tailed deer. Some people, you know, seem to think that it might, but uh, it, it'd be something that we have to deal with and have to manage for. You know, there, there are other diseases out there that are very, very devastating as well, too, and, and, and particularly in terms of EHD, the episodic hemorrhagic disease, sometimes referred to as blue tongue, that that occurred and in, in brought in actually brought in from uh, South Africa in the late 1800s with domestic sheep. 
And that now has spread to certain areas that need up into Canada when the right conditions are there in terms of, of uh, lack of rainfall and, and animals kind of congregating around stagnant water holes carried by the Kulakwadis and that kind of thing. So th- those are very devastating. And, and to me, sometimes we, we forget about how devastating those, those are to overall population as opposed to maybe what CWD is. But, it, it, it is one of those diseases that we need to continue to keep trying to find out more and more about because, uh, it, as I mentioned, it is, it is a prion. It is a protein, and so it's very difficult to destroy. So we, we do need to, uh, we do need to, to keep an eye on this and, and, and keep our Absolutely. studies up here. Absolutely. There you go. Uh, now back when, when CWD first, I, I agree with you. I think, I think just from my layman's perspective that this has been around a lot longer than we have. Um, but it started grabbing headlines really well about a decade or 15 years ago, something like that. Uh, right. and has, has gotten to be a more common term among hunters now. And when we first started hearing of all the publicity, Larry, uh, they said, don't worry about the meat. You can eat the meat. You know, the meat's fine. And now recently I've read a couple of things that says, you know, you need to stay away from eating that meat. Uh, and, folks, I want you to know this is just our opinion, uh, but I do want to hear yours, Larry. My opinion is that it started in that very northeast corner of Colorado that people became aware of it. And in that area, it's in, in the mule deer herd. It's in the elk herd. It's, uh, it's, it's one of those things that's, that's endemic to that area now. And if it were transmissible to humans, Look at all the different hunters that have, have eaten meat out of that area. Look at all the meat cutters that have dealt with cutting up those animals. Look at the taxidermists that uh, have, have mounted those animals. And there's there's not been any transmission of that disease in those areas. So to me, that that's a, that's a key part to look at. You know, to me, it, we have to be careful of everything that we eat these days because chemical <laughs> imbalances and all these other kind of things that are hormone growth, you know, the hormones that are added to certain things. So to me, it's just if it's something that bothers you as an individual that you're very concerned about, then by all means, you know, don't eat it. But at the same time, for the most part, I've got several friends from that part of the country from who were even involved in in some of those early studies that uh, they or their families or none of their none of the people that have eaten any of the meat from those areas from elk and mule deer have had any kind of health problems that are relative to what might be considered CWD or anything even close to it. Yeah, there you go. I greatly appreciate your uh, your opinion. As always, and I'm going to celebrate this conversation by walking out to my freezer and grabbing two whitetail chicken fries. <laughs> I'm going to thaw them out and cook them up tonight. <laughs> well, you and me both, Mike. <laughs> you know, again, it's just something I think we need, as hunters, as conservationists, we need to learn all that we can about, you know, what's going on in our environment and what's what's going on with the, the animal herds, wild herds, if you will, and and. Uh, of course, one of the great sources, I think, in all this is if somebody's a member of DSC, if anything comes up, you know, we're going to be putting that information through various sources that DSC is available to them. But right now, to me, the CWD thing is something that's a mess. We need to learn more about, be cognizant thereof, 
uh, if there are rules and regulations that are in place, you know, abide by those rules and regulations because we do want to stay legal kind of thing. But from a personal perspective, I have no concern about eating the meat or my family or my grandkids or anybody eating that meat that, that even comes out of a CWD area. I tell you what, Larry, uh, deer season's coming to a close all across the country now, but it's all, it's almost time to go jerk a perch. We're going to catch a boatload of crappie this spring. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't wait. I can't wait. That's one thing I guess there's no see in crappie at this point. So. <laughs> we don't be concerned in any way there. <laughs> it's all good. Larry Wysoon, if you'd like to know more about Larry or any of our pros here at Kinder Outdoors, come see me at kinderoutdoors.com, K-I-N-D-E-R, like kindergarten, and you can learn all about it. I want to thank my friends at Joshua Creek Ranch, Joe and Ann Kerchival, Kevin and all the crew at Joshua Creek for bringing us this corner of the camp house each week. Such a special place. Robin and I love to go. Take your family and stay in the treehouse. I know. I know what you're picturing right now, and it's not that. This is a gorgeous home sitting on a bluff in the top of those native pecan trees that grow along that gorgeous Guadalupe River. When we were staying there, the turkeys were roosted in those trees each and every night. I'd wake up and have my coffee with turkeys clucking and purring and flying down in the mornings. Enjoy a bird hunt, a deer hunt, a turkey hunt, a duck hunt, a great meal and a good stay at Joshua Creek Ranch. Learn more at kinderoutdoors.com. Another big hour of Kinder Outdoors on the way. Before we close this one out, I did want to pass along to you some things to look for uh, when you're around deer, elk, mule deer, whitetails, whatever. How can you tell if that deer has CWD? Some of the symptoms are emaciation, excessive salivation, lack of muscle coordination, difficulty in swallowing, excessive thirst, excessive urination. Subtle behaviors like the loss of fear of humans or other abnormal behaviors are often the first signs noticed. Just look for something different, a dull expression, carrying the head and ears lowered, an exaggerated wide posture. They may stagger. If you shoot a deer with some of these symptoms, be sure and call your local game warden. Let's stretch our legs, grab a cup of coffee, maybe a biscuit and sausage. <laughs> and then Kinder Outdoors will be back. There are plenty of fish in the creek behind the camp house. Feel free to take a ride down from the wall and catch a few. Kinder Outdoors. Hey, I need to say hello to Jeff B. Miller in Canaan City, Colorado. We get a note from Jeff every now and then, and we did again this week. Thank you for listening, Jeff. We appreciate it. Jeff also dropped by the website and registered to uh, win one of those Kinder Outdoor t-shirts. We've got your name in the hopper, and we'll be doing another drawing real soon, Jeff. Thanks. Welcome back to the Camp House. This corner of the Camp House brought to you by the world's greatest dog fuel, and that is Purina ProPlan. ProPlan Performance Formula for your hard-working dogs or bird dogs. 30% protein, 20% fat. There's never been a better fuel built for February bird dogs. This is that time of year. We're, we're on the home stretch. Just a few weeks left in Texas quail season. Most bird seasons now closed across the country. But those old rangy bird dogs are still out there digging hard in West Texas. Feed them good tonight. Purina Pro Plan. 
performance formula. I uh, got a little newsletter this week from the folks in the state of New York, the conservation and wildlife folks there, that included a note about the snowy owl, and I had no idea, but it's pretty interesting. The snowy owl is the heaviest North American owl. Typically, you'll see them irregularly. You can't really plan on them. Irregularly in wintertime, hunting windswept fields. That's them taking a look over that open field. They like mice. And here's the really interesting part. The snowy owl summers far north of the Arctic Circle. They travel. They go where it never gets dark, 24-hour daylight, and spend the summer hunting lemmings and ptarmigan north of the Arctic Circle. That's pretty wild. Hey, the deadline is almost here if you want to hunt pronghorn and elk in the state of Arizona. Applications must be received by this Tuesday, February 8th, by 11.59 p.m. Arizona time. We have more info on that draw for you at kinderoutdoors.com, K-I-N-D-E-R. Major League Fishing is back in action this week. They kick off the Bass Pro Tour, stop number one down in the great state of Louisiana, season four of the Major League Fishing Bass Pro Tour. They're fishing out of Monroe and West Monroe, Louisiana, today through Thursday. Gerald Spohr and Big Baby Cliff Crochet, a couple of Louisiana anglers that ought to know Lake Darbone well. That lake is full of stumps and stuff, and is going to be really difficult for these guys to navigate this week. It'll be fun to watch and see what happens down there. Michael Neal won that Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit, stop one on Sam Rayburn last weekend. 26 pounds, 5 ounces he brought to the scale on Championship Sunday. $100,000 in his pocket. And the granddaddy of them all, the Bassmaster Classic, coming up on Lake Hartwell in Greenville, South Carolina, in a month. Can you believe it's almost here, March 4, 5, and 6? And I've asked my friend Dave Mercer with Bassmaster to join me on the show next week to talk about all things Bassmaster Classic. It ought to be fun. Make sure you're here with us. The National Deer Association is reporting that, hey, North America, we just had the biggest buck harvest in 21 years. 6.3 million white-tailed deer harvested in the 2020-2021 hunting season. That's the most since 2011, according to the National Deer Association's latest deer report. Harvest of both antlered bucks and antlerless deer were up over 2019 numbers. But the estimated buck harvest of 3 million 41,544 was the most in 21 years. Kip Adams is the National Deer Association's chief conservation officer, and he says, amazingly, we estimate that we set another new record for the percentage of those bucks that were three and a half years old or older. U.S. hunters are taking fewer yearling bucks and killing more of them as mature deer. But that doesn't mean fewer bucks harvested overall. We're killing older bucks and more bucks than ever in America. Population numbers, hunter numbers, hunter harvest rate, all good in the whitetail world. Some other interesting facts found in the deer report. 65% of the deer taken in the 2020-2021 season were killed with a firearm. 26% with archery equipment, 9% with a muzzle loader. Texas had the highest total buck harvest of any state at 449,933. But Alabama had the greatest increase in buck harvest from the previous season of any state, 
climbing by more than 27,000. And get this, Mississippi killed the most bucks per 100 hunters. Out of every 100 hunters in the state of Mississippi, 74 harvested a buck. You can read the National Deer Association's 2022 Deer Report for free. Come see me at kinderoutdoors.com for the link. Coming up in Karuna, Michigan, Women on the Wing, a pheasant hunting seminar for the ladies. Muzzy Pheasant Farm, Saturday, March 5th. It's a month away. Ladies, you're going to learn how to hunt pheasants with dogs. An in-house presentation from Pheasants Forever and Women on the Wing to kick things off. And then out to the field. There'll be two hunts, a morning hunt and an afternoon hunt. Want to go or have questions, you need to call Bill Fisher. I've got his number at kinderoutdoors.com. Hey, that Shoot Like a Girl trailer is in Fort Worth, Texas today. 9 a.m. until 6 p.m. at Cabela's in Fort Worth. And again tomorrow, 10 to 3. Hey, make the switch to Purina Pro Plan. There's a formula that's built specifically for your dog, no matter the age or the lifestyle. Keep an eye on that pup, because in a couple of weeks, you're going to have a healthier-looking dog. I've seen it happen too many times. Pick up the Pro Plan at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores. Hi, I'm Chris Hurd with Guns and Goodies in Roundup, Montana. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. Billy, I think you should buy this nice little over and under right here. The Bassmaster Classic is going back to Greenville. So make plans to join us at the greatest event in bass fishing March 4th through the 6th. Watch the anglers take off at Lake Hartwell in Anderson. Then head to Greenville to check out the expo featuring the latest in outdoor gear at the Greenville Convention Center. Plus experience the exciting weigh-in shows at Bon Secours Wellness Arena. It's fun for the whole family and all events are free. Come and have a great time in Greenville at the Academy Sports and Outdoors Bassmaster Classic presented by Hook. Details at Bassmaster.com. Hey, I want to let you know about something that's brand new and coming to South Dakota this fall, the Dead Rabbit Lodge. <laughs> you see, the owner received his higher learning from the University of South Dakota, the Coyotes. The dreaded enemy of the University of South Dakota Coyotes is the South Dakota State University Jackrabbits, therefore the name, the Dead Rabbit. The Dead Rabbit Lodge sits on the eastern bluffs of Big Blue Lake Owyhee. The view from your giant Western Canada Red Cedar Lodging stretches from the dam to the south almost all the way up to North Dakota. The Big Lodge is finest splendor from top to bottom, perfect for big family or corporate groups. But the Dead Rabbit will also feature separate hotel-style rooms, a great game room and bar for entertaining, guest-only dining featuring the Rabbit's award-winning chef, oh, and about 40,000 acres of the finest pheasant hunting in the world. You won't forget the dead rabbit. It's almost time for spring turkeys. Stop in and see the fine folks at Marksman Firearms for guns, ammo, sights, scopes, and accessories. They've got stores in Granbury, Colleen, Mansfield, and Wichita Falls. Texas owned, Texas proud. Military and first responders get a 10% discount. And they offer 90-day layaway, same as cash. For more info, visit MarksmanFirearms.com. Make your mark at Marksman. From the deck of your private cabin overlooking the confluence of the famous White and Norfolk Rivers at Norfolk Resort Trout Dock, 
you can see crystal clear running waters that hold one of the world's greatest populations of rainbow and brown trout. In fact, this is the home of world record trout. You might be distracted, though, by the beautiful rolling Ozark Mountains that hold you during your stay. Just up the road a few miles is incredible bass fishing for largemouth, smallmouth, and spots. You'll find the best guides in the business at Norfolk Resort, and your boat is just a short walk from your cabin. Your guide will find a gravel shoal perfect for preparing a hot shore lunch with fresh-caught trout and all the trimmings. You'll think about a nap after lunch, but there's more fish to catch and river to explore before retiring to your fully furnished riverside hideaway. Sound good? Of course it does. Norfolk Resort Trout Dock in Norfolk, Arkansas. NorfolkResort.com Crappie anglers, tired of tying knots? Hey, Wally Marshall, Mr. Crappie here to tell you about the all-new Add-A-Hook by Bullet Weights. The Add-A-Hook is designed to put a hook on your line without using any knots or cutting your line. Hold the Add-A-Hook next to your fishing line, then wrap the line five times around each side, pull your line into the clips, and bam, you're ready to go, and it will not slip. I can tie a double crappie rig in 30 seconds when it takes up to six minutes to tie one with all the knots. Add a hook is made of stainless steel, no rust, flexible, and tough. Mr. Crappie and Bullet Weights has made it better, faster, and easier for crappie fishermen to get back in the water catching more crappie than ever. Bullet Weights has a full line of Mr. Crappie double mental rigs for trolling and vertical fishing. The Mr. Crappie Troll Tech rigs are designed to troll in shallow waters and heavy cover, keeping two baits close together without hanging up. Also, don't forget Mr. Crappie Slow Troll and Double Drop Crappie Rigs. Pre-tied with number two hooks, double swivel weights, and eight-pound line. Tie one on today. Look us up at bulletweights.com. We swapped neighbor Jones some good cigars for an evening hunt in the honey hole. Come along with Kender Outdoors. You know, I believe this is the 12th year that we have partnered with our friends at Purina Pro Plan. It is such a privilege and so easy for me to talk about Purina Pro Plan because I have fed Purina Pro Plan to my hardworking bird dogs and lovable lap dogs. Since day one, since ProPlan became ProPlan, long before this radio show ever existed. It's easy to talk about stuff that works, and we try to limit ourselves to that. We adhere to that rule here at Kinder Outdoors. If it doesn't work, if we haven't tried it, if it's no good, we don't recommend it. I highly recommend Purina ProPlan. There's a formula that's specifically built for your dog, and it's at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Texas, Missouri, in Kansas. You know, I meet a lot of really interesting folks in my line of work, and one of those guys is John Vole. I met him last year. He lives in Alaska, but his recreation, his passion is crow hunting. Crows can be a pestilence to farmers. John helps those farmers out from time to time. He drops down out of Alaska throughout the coldest months and goes crow hunting. That is correct. I, I told another gentleman that I used to hunt with, he's, he's gone now, but he used to go to Argentina dove hunting and Columbia. And I asked him, I said, out of all your hunting you've done in your life, what would you choose the most? And he said crows. And he said, <laughs> uh, because because dove hunting, you sit in a bucket or somewhere in the field and they just pass you where crows are a smart, very smart bird. They can see color. They can count supposedly up to four, I guess. They did a test on a blind, 
where three guys went to blind and the call crows and they wouldn't come in. Second guy left wouldn't come in. Finally, the third guy left and they came into the blind, so into the decoys. So they're very they're very smart board. They're very vo- they're very vocal. They use hand calls. Some guys use electronic calls and use decoys. And their only natural predator is the great horned owl. I'm sure some have been taken out by a hawk or an eagle once in a while, but that's their only natural predator. Wow, that is pretty amazing. Yeah, I, I knew that crows were uh, incredibly smart, and they are a challenge to hunt. I've been on a crow shoot or two in my life, uh, used to many years ago, uh, more of a pastime, because they are, a, they are a nuisance. If you're a farmer, you hate crows. There, I've had farmers ask me to hunt on sunflowers, on peanuts, on milo. Um, believe it or not, they get into cotton. Um, but and especially pecan orchards, they they just devastate them. And you're, you're talking, I'm, I'm talking five, six hundred birds or more in a pecan orchard. And I'm talking four or five thousand on a peanut field, and that's a lot of peanuts getting carried away every day. They eat more than one. Yeah, they don't eat one and leave, do they? <laughs> no, they they yeah, and. But they're they're a smart bird. They're a smart bird. You got to watch them if you want to do good at them. You got to kind of follow them and see which way they're going for their flyaways and see what they're eating on. And if they're hitting certain fields up, and the farmers want you to hunt them, that's worked out really well. So, so it's a it's a it's a bird that hardly not a lot of people hunt, which is good from my standpoint. But um, they're they're in almost almost all the lower forty eight states. They're in each state. Yeah. Um, are there different subspecies of crows or is there just an old black crow that we know about there's the american crow and then there's the fish crow and then there's the common crow and uh the common crows and also there's ravens people get ravens mixed up with crows they say oh we have a lot of crows at our place and i know those are ravens because ravens are bigger they have a different vocal vocabulary and they also have a different when you watch them fly their their tail feathers are broader and they have their wings are more. A crow will methodically flap his wings when he's flying. You know, he just cruises along and he's flapping his wings. But a raven does a lot of, lot of, lot of. Uh, I would say soaring or coasting. But I mean, um, and their wings are more pointed. Where the crow's wing feathers on his flight feathers are more like fingers sticking out there. They're different species, but they but they hang together. You know, it's it's kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. So, so what are your favorite? You leave Alaska and come down to the lower 48 to hunt crows for how long? I'm semi-retired in the wintertime. I come down for a couple months. It gives for, it gives me a break from the winter. It gives me a break from the winter, and uh, I really enjoy the wing shooting, and and I enjoy and I enjoy the challenge of trying to fool the birds. If we want to go have a successful crow hunt, what are the nuts and bolts of this? What equipment do we need? How do we go about this? Well, one is they can see color. So you need to be camouflaged, and you almost got to act like somebody's looking for you, like another person's looking for you. So um, some guys go to the point where they'll wear face masks, the, the uh, you know, the the makeup, I guess, the cosmetic stuff. I don't go that far, but I'll wear a head net because they can see reflection or anything. So it's it's. I've had one gentleman hunt with me, and he's standing up in the blind. I and I looked out my blind. I see the birds are flaring. I said, Why do you see he's flaring? You know, I'm calling. Or we got everything set up. And I look, he's standing up. And I said, I said, hey, I said, here's how this works. He said, here's how this works. It's pretty simple. If you can see the bird, they can see you. That's how simple it is. So you got to stay hid. And so if you have a blind where you can look out and see through a hole or something, kind of, you get an edge hunting them by, 
kind of monitoring which way they're coming from and seeing how close you get to the decoys, you got an edge on them then because you know when to pop up. But otherwise, you can't see them coming. Your blind's not set up properly. Yeah. So you want to see, you want to be able to see the birds coming, and they come from in every direction. So it's not like, like ducks are always going to come into the wind. Where these crows, they'll come in from any any direction to get to where you're going. Now I'm guessing that uh, these old crows are are pretty doggone tough. Do you shoot a, a 12 gauge? What do you what do you have full choke? They're up there pretty high. I use a full choke 12 gauge, but I just use I go to Wally World and get the lowest and cheapest expensive seven and a half shot I can find. So it'd be the same thing like dove and quail loads. It's just identical shells. So um, they're not as tough as people think they are. But yeah, you, when they're up high, you're gonna have trouble getting them. But you know, you know, you have to know your shotgun range and you know, 30, 40 yards, and that's about about it really for the birds. And but when you come yeah. into decoys, when you got them coming to decoys, they're coming in the set and they're coming in pretty pretty low. Okay. So, so and, then you use the wind. You also use the wind to your advantage. So you want to try to. Try to, the wind. The wind will hide the sound of the shotgun. Obviously, it'll blow it one way more than the other. But if you can get birds coming with the wind, granted they're going to turn around and head to your decoys. But the birds that see them from the distance, like I said, if you can see them, they can see you. But imagine how their eyes are. They can see their comrades ahead of them landing in a the field. They're going to go there and start eating. But granted, they don't hear the shotgun blast, so they think they're dropping in for food. This is just a bunch of fun. We're crow hunting on the show today with Dr. Crow Vorkian, John Vole. Uh, now, John, do, do you call these birds in? I know I've got a crow call that I use to locate turkeys early in the morning. Yes, I do. I have a, I have hand calls, and then just in the last seven, eight years, I tried electronic call because I was told about them, and some of the calls I had on there weren't very successful, so I ended up recording my own, and uh, it works very well. But but I've been I've been hunting these things since like seventies, you know, sixty eight when I got my first bird. But I, I found an article in Field and Stream back then. It was crow capital of the world was Fort Cobb, Oklahoma, and they estimated fifteen million birds roosted there in the winter. And I couldn't wow. believe it, so I went there one year and checked it out, and I said, "Holy cow, <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of birds." <laughs> what are What are your favorite uh, locations to, to hunt crows when you drop down out of Alaska to go crow hunting? Where do you go? I go uh, both east and well. You got to go where the birds are, obviously, because every year they're they're roosting in different places sometimes. But I'll go east Texas or west Texas, and uh, but mostly where where they're growing the crops, like um, like well they hang cattle too. They hang in cattle, but mostly um, where they grow the crops for peanuts and milo and and uh, even corn and soybeans. You know, it's. Uh, they're they're the bird they're 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 opportunists like people. They'll go where the food is. That's that's where they're gonna go. And there's a lot of there's a lot of cranes and geese that hunt in those areas that pick the same fields, they eat all the same stuff and especially the peanuts, they like the peanuts. <laughs> a good old fashioned crow shoot with John Vole in Alaska. Drops down to the lower forty eight for a couple of months every year and chases crows. It's time to take a little break. Let's grab a fresh cup of coffee, and I'll meet you right back here. Larry Wysoon, talking CWD. It's coming up on Kinder Outdoors. Hey, everybody. It's professional angler Mark Davis. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm sure thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors.
U.S. Highway 287 carries elk hunters and fly fishers, snow skiers and bird dog chasers, 72-ounce steak eaters, buried Cadillac picture takers, antelopers, prairie doggers, and rattlesnakers. The Herdware Store sits on Highway 287 near Goodnight, Texas. Now, only 18 people live around here, so to keep the lights turned on, we need you 287 travelers to stop by. Come in out of the weather and take a look at the most unique store between the Gulf and Pacific coasts. One-of-a-kind artwork, jewelry, knives, and more. Feel the luxurious softness and warmth of bison socks, gloves, hats, beanies, blankets, and scarves. You'll think it's cashmere, and it's warmer than wool. Our sister company, Buffalo Wool, produces the finest bison products on the planet. The Herdware Store is boots and shoes, bison blankets and throws, even bison meats for the road. The Herdware Store, 42 miles southeast of Amarillo. Hey, drop by right now at herdware.net. The Bassmaster Classic is going back to Greenville. So make plans to join us at the greatest event in bass fishing March 4th through the 6th. Watch the anglers take off at Lake Hartwell in Anderson. Then head to Greenville to check out the expo featuring the latest in outdoor gear at the Greenville Convention Center. Plus experience the exciting weigh-in shows at Bon Secours Wellness Arena. It's fun for the whole family and all events are free. Come and have a great time in Greenville at the Academy Sports and Outdoors Bassmaster Classic presented by Hook. Details at Bassmaster.com. These are unsettling and even scary times for many people. But for others, there's peace, even as an angry world cries out. The source of that peace is Jesus Christ. I'm John Watson, pastor at Cornerstone Bible Church in Roanoke, Texas. At Cornerstone, we teach the Bible with no man-made religion added in. Join us online Sunday mornings at 1015 Central at csbiblechurch.org. It's just God's Word, csbiblechurch.org. There's a place I love to go in the pristine Texas hill country that features first-class lodging, outstanding cuisine, world-class wing shooting, the best free-range access deer hunting in the world, my favorite, by the way, plus native whitetails and turkey, and some of the most comfortable hosts that you've ever enjoyed. Don't forget to throw in the fly rod. You'll want to experience the crystal-clear waters of Joshua Creek and the Guadalupe River. Rolling hills and Texas live oaks, friendly smiles, and spring-fed waters. Orbis and Beretta agree that Joshua Creek is one of the finest hunting and shooting ranches in existence. And I think you will, too. You won't find a prettier place to get married. And our staff and facilities will make your corporate event, family reunion, or private party turnkey and the best you'll ever experience. Joshua Creek Ranch in the historic Texas Hill Country between San Antonio and Fredericksburg. Want to go? Of course you do. JoshuaCreek.com At the Outdoors Tomorrow Foundation, we're really happy to have more than 50,000 kids in school classrooms learning about archery, fishing, boating, and other outdoor skills each year. We're thrilled that we have grown to schools across the United States and continue to grow. We're humbled that teaching wildlife conservation to our future generations have been so eagerly accepted by more than a quarter million kids so far. We're happy, thrilled, and humbled but we're not stopping. The Outdoor Adventures program in junior highs and high schools across America has proven to be a hit with kids. And in case after case, we've seen Outdoor Adventures young lives changed. Kids that just were not in the school and not involved are now excited to get into the classroom each day because of Outdoor Adventures. The kids earn classroom credit by learning the outdoor basics and they smile while learning. If you want Outdoor Adventures in your local school, Contact me, Scott McClure. I'm at GoOTF.com. That's Scott, 
at GoOTF.com. Somewhere over this horizon sit a million little dictators, eager to purge humanity of its hunting instincts. Contrived emotions flood from their air-conditioned, glass-paneled, Wi-Fi-enabled habitats over the mountains and out into the wild, from which they hate to admit they emerged. Their foolish quest to force nature to fit their feelings threatens the survival of every living thing on our planet. If their fevered tantrums are ever imposed, the Earth will be ruled by the deadliest combination in the natural world, human ignorance and human arrogance. Travel another path, the truest path, nature's path. Trust the hunter in your blood. and fishermen gather here every week. Boy, we need another freezer. This camp house is Kinder Outdoors. Rocky had a great hunt at Joshua Creek Ranch and then sent a note to the folks at Orvis saying, we've hunted Joshua Creek for over eight years and each hunt has been spectacular. A five-star resort and world-class facility. Great for our entire family. Thanks, Joshua Creek, for creating memories of a lifetime. Rocky, I share in that sentiment. I love it. It's like family when we go back there. And I highly recommend that you book a little time at Joshua Creek Ranch. Have a great bird hunt, a great meal, and some great downtime. Learn more about Joshua Creek Ranch when you visit me at kinderoutdoors.com. There seems to be a lot of misunderstanding, a lack of knowledge, and all kinds of varying information about CWD, chronic wasting disease. So on the show this week, I've invited my good friend Larry Wysoon to join us. He's a wildlife biologist and talk to us a little bit about CWD. In case you missed it last hour, here we go again. Larry, did we have uh, a great time at the DSC Convention and Expo or what? Billy, I've, I've attended a lot of them, and I think this was one of the most, if not the most, upbeat, more smiling people. Uh, the exhibitors were smiling, the people coming through the doors were smiling, and they came in in droves. It was absolutely a fabulous convention in so many different ways. Oh, my goodness. When I looked out across that crowd on Thursday and said, you know what, this may be the best Thursday crowd I've ever seen, I knew we were in for a big weekend. And it was. It was, it was huge. We're not... We're not uh, blowing this thing up any bigger than it was. It was over the top. <laughs> Wonderful. It, it it truly was. And like I said, one to me, one of the great things was is you saw so many smiling faces, and particularly in terms of the exhibitors and, and also of all the attendees. And we had, uh, thanks to you, an absolutely great turnout at the DSC conservation stage and had several things going on there. And I know you are already planning for next year, and we've been talking about some ideas. So, you know, if people missed the convention this year and the Hunter Expo there at the K-Village Hudson Center, they need to start planning for the one coming up in 2023. Yeah, exactly. First week in January 2023. I want to talk uh, – 
about something with you today as a biologist that uh, that I know you you keep a close eye on, and that's CWD. To me, uh, Larry, CWD is kind of like the cervid COVID. There's a lot of different opinions about it, um, and you know you 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 think this way's right, and then you hear something over here, and that makes sense. Let's try to make a little sense out of CWD. When when uh, when a state like Alabama just recently sent a press release out saying, hey, we've discovered CWD for the first time in our state. Boy, it's a big deal, and it sends echoes out around the surrounding states, uh, and everybody pays close attention to that. What is CWD? Let's start right there. Basically, it's it's a prion, which is a protein that, that, that cannot hardly be killed in any form or fashion. So, it, it's a very unique disease when it comes to primarily to white-tailed deer or some of the other deer species. This, of course, has been found and started out in the elk years ago where they started finding it. And I want to come back to that and then also understand even in reindeer in places like Norway. And so it, it's a, a deer species pretty much specific as far as we know that uh, affects the different deer species across the country. Now, I, I want to come want to come back to that it was discovered Years ago, they did a bunch of research up at uh, the very northeastern corner of Colorado on elk, and it was there where the disease was first described in, in terms of lesions, in terms of how the animals reacted and what they thought the causative agent was. And uh, from there, it's kind of kind of spread. Now, it kind of, I say kind of spread because my background is a wildlife disease biologist many years ago through the Department of Veterinary Pathology there at Texas A&M, and we looked at all kinds of different disease problems, if you will. This goes back to the late 60s, early 70s, particularly that that time frame. And occasionally we would run across animals that we just could not figure out what the heck it was. We didn't know what it was. Now, over the years... When it was first described, it, it was in, in the uh, in elk in terms of pinned elk. And over the years, I think what, what's happened is with me, I'm one of those that believes that CWD probably has been around for a long, long time. But in the last bunch of years, we've spent so much time with, with game breeder deer in, in pinned situations. Uh, people become a lot more aware of when an animal dies. Years ago, and a, and a deer or an elk died. You know, the rancher, just a farmer, just kind of looked at it, oh, well, you know, something happened to the deer, and there wasn't really a whole lot of attention paid to it. These days, when an animal dies, oh, my God, we've got to find out what it is, and, it's, oh, my gosh, you know, the world's going to come to an end kind of thing. And and I think that's kind of what's, what's happening, and, and therefore I really kind of appreciate what you're kind of correlating this to what the COVID thing is. More, much more from my friend Larry Wysoon talking about CWD. In just a few minutes. This corner of the camp house brought to you by Joshua Creek Ranch in the Texas Hill Country. The facilities that Joe and Ann Kirchival have built down there are just over the top outstanding. Lodging for every situation. A single hunter, a family, a big group, a corporate group, meeting facilities. About a hundred bird dogs. <laughs> and lots of hard flying birds with great cover on a beautiful ranch. Think about your next corporate getaway and how special it would be to put everybody up at Joshua Creek Ranch. Hunt them good. Feed them good. Get a little work done. And then plan your next trip to Joshua Creek Ranch. Learn more about Joshua Creek at kinderoutdoors.com. 
My friend Randolph McGee, game warden here in Texas. You're probably familiar with Randolph from Lone Star Law Television. I had a visit with him about crow shooting. Now, Randolph is a Texas game warden, so we're going to talk from a Texas perspective. So if you're thinking about having a crow shoot in your state, be sure to call your local game warden or check your local rules and regulations. Warden Randolph McGee is the guy that introduced me to John Vole, the Alaskan crow hunter, also known as Dr. Crowvorkian. <laughs> you met a guy, uh, I guess a year or two ago from Alaska, and his big deal is crows. Calls himself Dr. Crowvorkian, and he's going to be on the show later today. You know, it's really be, uh, neat being a game warden and the people that you meet. And uh, actually, Dr. Crow probably called me up five or six years ago, you know, left some messages, and, uh, and I would talk to him, and he was really uh, interesting to talk to, and he wanted to talk crows. And, uh, and I thought I knew a little bit about everything, but uh, this guy is the authority on crow hunting. And uh, I got to meet up with him here this last year because, uh, you know, he was looking for several thousand crows to hunt, and we just simply didn't have them. And this past fall, uh, I got to seeing a bunch of crows around, so I give him a call, and uh, we went and had lunch, and it was probably one of the neatest experiences I've had. That's so cool. And he, hey, he come up in a box truck that has in his license plate even says Dr. Crow on it, and he's got these crows painted, and he was just a really neat guy. And, uh, and I said, why do you like to hunt crows? And he goes, well, why does anybody like to hunt anything? He goes, in Alaska, it gets so cold uh, that I've got to leave and head south. And, uh, and he, he had a really good relationship with his wife. His wife leaves and goes to Hawaii for a couple months, and he leaves and goes across the southern United States and looks for crows. So it's kind of funny. Hey, Randolph, let's talk about uh, legally, uh, if somebody's hearing this and they're thinking, you know, I've got a bunch of crows, uh, that'd be a fun shoot. Is it legal? Can we, do we need a license? What do we need? Hey, yeah, you would need a, uh, you would need a Texas hunting license to hunt them. And there is one. And I wouldn't, I want, I'm glad you asked that question, you know, uh, but crows are one of those birds, uh, you can only shoot them or hunt them when they're depredating. So, uh, but I'm thinking, hey, if he's going from point A to point B and he's eating wheat seeds out of the ground, he's pretty much depredating. So uh, so they're, they're legal game. Now, remember, before you run out and have a good old-fashioned crow shoot in your state, check your local regulations. Call your local game warden. They'll be happy to talk to you about it. Hello, everybody. It's Travis T-Bone Turner. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. Texas Camps develops outdoor skills in boys and girls aged 9 to 17, bass fishing and fly fishing, saltwater fishing, archery, rifle and handgun, trap, skeet, and much more. Outdoor Texas Camps is offering $400 scholarships, courtesy of the Sportsman's Club of Fort Worth, to girls in the North Texas area. Visit OutdoorTexasCamps.com. Safe and time-honored skills for our youth. Outdoor Texas Camps is filling up fast for 2022. Act quickly. OutdoorTexasCamps.com. Life is better outdoors. Relax and find your space at the beautiful vineyards, campground, and cabins on Grapevine Lake. Well known for its peaceful setting, lovely grounds, lakefront views, and accommodating Texas-friendly staff. 
Our full hookup sites can accommodate all bus or RV sizes and offer 50-amp service, many spacious pull-throughs, cable TV, and lightning-fast Wi-Fi. Our fully furnished cabins make it easy to feel miles away without actually roughing it. Enjoy a partially shaded private beach, large playground, fishing pier, water sport rentals, hiking trails, and more. The on-site camp store offers a wide selection of camping supplies, groceries, and gifts. Our landmark pavilion is perfect for your next reunion, rally, or wedding. You'll feel miles away from everything when you're only minutes from anything. Check out historic downtown Grapevine with various entertainment venues, large festivals and events, restaurants, wineries, shopping, and the new world-class Harvest Hall. The Vineyards Campground and Cabins. VineyardsCampground.com The Bassmaster Classic is going back to Greenville. So make plans to join us at the greatest event in bass fishing March 4th through the 6th. Watch the anglers take off at Lake Hartwell in Anderson. Then head to Greenville to check out the expo featuring the latest in outdoor gear at the Greenville Convention Center. Plus experience the exciting weigh-in shows at Bon Secours Wellness Arena. It's fun for the whole family and all events are free. Come and have a great time in Greenville at the Academy Sports and Outdoors Bassmaster Classic presented by Hook. Details at Bassmaster.com. The Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation salutes hunters for the role they play in providing critical funding for conservation. Funds generated by hunting licenses and fees, excise taxes on hunting gear, and donations to groups like RMEF generate funds that fuel land and wildlife conservation efforts from coast to coast. Celebrate how hunting is conservation at our annual fundraising banquet and auction. Be ensuring the future of elk, other wildlife, their habitat, and our hunting heritage. This is Woody, Woody's fairly reliable guide service up on Rainy Lake, Minnesota. I've been taking families, friends, and corporate groups fishing for more than 40 years. Crappie, smallmouth, walleye, and monster pike await you right outside your lodge door. Not only can I show you a wonderful time on Rainy Lake, I can sell you your very own island as I'm a realtor too. So we can do it all up here and take a two-nation vacation with Woody. Over 90% of our customers make it back to dock safely. We hope you're one of them. Woody at RainyLake.com. See you here. The Quail Coalition, the backbone for the important work and research that brings brighter days for our quails and the people that love them. With 12 chapters throughout Texas, there's ample opportunity for you to join the celebration. The money raised in our chapter banquets goes to various research projects conducted by folks like the Rolling Plains Quail Research Ranch in West Texas, Caesar Kleberg Wildlife Research Institute in South Texas, and all that pursue productive science-based work that sustains and restores wild quail populations. If you've ever followed your trusted bird dog into a setting December sun or listened from the porch to the summer song of the bobwhite, then you know just how special this bird is. Populations have declined drastically across the U.S., and the last stronghold is Texas. Come and join the Quail Coalition. Attend a banquet. Bid at an auction. Be important to quail. Quailcoalition.org. In Genesis chapter 9, God himself told man that if it flies, moves on the earth, or swims in the water, it is meat for us. What a gracious God we have. We celebrate that in this old camp house, Kinder Outdoors. We love to hear from you wherever you are. Thank you so much for taking the time to drop a note to us every now and then. 
kinderoutdoors.com is where that takes place. Phil Poston, Calhoun, Georgia. Thank you so much for listening to Kinder Outdoors, Phil. Bob Holton catches the show in Sabatha, Kansas. And in Baldwin, Mississippi, it's Ricky Cleveland. Thank you, Ricky, for tuning in to Kinder Outdoors. And thanks for dropping by the website. If you ever want to give us a buzz, it's 1-877-820-BBKO, 1-877-820-2256. And drop off a picture for the bragging board at kinderoutdoors.com. We all want to see what your outdoor life looks like, okay? Our special guest on the show this week is one of our Camp House regulars. He's our Camp House biologist, wildlife biologist, Podcaster, broadcaster, television host, lifetime member of the Dallas Safari Club, serves on the board of the Dallas Safari Club Foundation, a really good hunter and an all-around good old boy, my friend Larry Wysoon. We're talking about CWD. Let's get back to that conversation. I think a lot of uh, people that have uh, gotten sick and died over the past two years of heart disease or uh, different <laughs> different causes, that's been laid at the doorstep of covid uh, and I think that's that's a similar story with our deer, like you were just talking about, natural causes or whatever. A lot of times, uh, if they die next to a water hole, uh, you know, we start making assumptions. We, we do. And, and, of course, it's one of those things. I, I really feel like it's been here for a long, long time. And <clears throat> I know that very recently there's been a, a huge amount of dollars that's been allocated to to do some really sound, hard research. One of the things that they're finding is that for the most part, it shows up. It's in the incubation period on these things on this thing is apparently rather long, and there. And most of the time, when you do find it, it's an older, it's an older deer. Now I know in some instances, particularly in a, in a pen confined situation, they found it in younger animals as well too. But it still takes a long time to develop, and during that time frame of that that particular individual animal developing yet, there's a lot of reproduction that can occur. So to me, it's not one of those diseases that's never going to wipe out the white-tailed deer. Some people, you know, seem to think that it might, but uh, it, it'd be something that we have to deal with and have to manage for. You know, there are other diseases out there that are very, very devastating as well, too, and, and, and particularly in terms of EHD, the episodic hemorrhagic disease, sometimes referred to as blue tongue, that that occurred and in, in brought in, actually brought in from uh, South Africa in the late 1800s with domestic sheep. And that now has spread to certain areas that need up into Canada when the right conditions are there in terms of, of uh, lack of rainfall and, and animals kind of congregating around stagnant water holes carried by the Kulakwadi's map kind of thing. So th- those are very devastating. And, and to me, sometimes we, we forget about how devastating those, those are to the overall population as opposed to maybe what CWD is. But it, it, it is one of those diseases that we need to continue to keep trying to find out more and more about because, uh, it, as I mentioned, it is, it is a prion. It is a protein, and so it's very difficult to destroy so we we do need to uh we do need to to keep an eye on this and and, and keep our absolutely. studies up here absolutely there you go uh now back when when c w d first I, I agree with you i think i think just from my layman's perspective that this has been around a lot longer than we have um but it started grabbing headlines really well about a decade or fifteen years ago something like that uh right 
and has has gotten to be a more common term among hunters now. And when we first started hearing of all the publicity, Larry, uh, they said, don't worry about the meat. You can eat the meat. You know, the meat's fine. And now recently I've read a couple of things that says, you know, you need to stay away from eating that meat. Uh, and, folks, I want you to know this is just our opinion, uh, but I do want to hear yours, Larry. My opinion is it started in that very northeast corner of Colorado that people became aware of it. And in that area, it's in, in the mule deer herd. It's in the elk herd. It's uh, it's it's one of those things that's, that's endemic to that area now. And if it were transmissible to humans, look at all the different hunters that have, have eaten meat out of that area. Look at all the meat cutters that have dealt with cutting up those animals. Look at the taxidermists that uh, have, have mounted those animals. And there's there's not been any transmission of that disease in those areas. So to me, that that's a, that's a key part to look at. You know, to me, we have to be careful of everything that we eat these days because chemical <laughs> imbalances and all these other kind of things that are hormone growth, you know, the hormones that are added to certain things. So to me, it's just if it's something that bothers you as an individual that you're very concerned about, then by all means, you know, don't eat it. But at the same time, for the most part, I've got several friends from that part of the country from who were even involved in in some of those early studies that uh, they or their families or none of their none of the people that have eaten any of the meat from those areas from elk and mule deer have had any kind of health problems that are relative to what might be considered CWD or anything even close to it. Yeah, there you go. I greatly appreciate your uh, your opinion. As always, and I'm going to celebrate this conversation by walking out to my freezer and grabbing two whitetail chicken fries. <laughs> I'm going to thaw them out and cook them up tonight. <laughs> well, you and me both, Michael. <laughs> you know, again, it's just something I think we need. As hunters, as conservationists, we need to learn all that we can about, you know, what's going on in our environment and what's what's going on with the, the animal herds, wild herds, if you will, and and. Uh, of course, one of the great sources, I think, in all this is if, if somebody's a member of DSC, if anything comes up, you know, we're going to be putting that information through various sources that DSC is available to them. But right now, to me, the CWD thing is something that's a mess. We need to learn more about, be cognizant thereof. Uh, if, if there are rules and regulations that are in place, you know, abide by those rules and regulations because we do want to stay legal kind of thing. But from a personal perspective, I have no concern about eating the meat or my family or my grandkids or anybody eating that meat that, that even comes out of a CWD area. I tell you what, Larry, uh, deer season's coming to a close all across the country now, but it's all, it's almost time to go jerk a perch. We're going to catch a boatload of crappie this spring. <laughs> I, I can't wait. I can't wait. That's one thing I guess there's no CWD in, in crappie at this point. So. <laughs> we don't have to be concerned in any way there. Speaking of crappie, there's something really special I want to tell you about before we get out of here today. But first, I want to remind you that it is time to go to kinderoutdoors.com and take a closer look at Joshua Creek Ranch. You don't have to be a member of Joshua Creek Ranch to enjoy this incredible Ranch, this beautiful bird hunting facility, the duck hunting, the whitetail hunting, the turkey hunting, the axis deer hunting, the lodging, the dining, the conference room, all of the great facilities. But if Joshua Creek is a place that you'd like to visit a couple of times a year, you might want to look into a membership, individual, family, or corporate. 
save you a buck or two. And I promise you, when you leave Joshua Creek Ranch, coming back is going to be on your mind. Learn more about Joshua Creek Ranch at kinderoutdoors.com. Down in Louisiana, Natchitoches, Louisiana, the Red River Waterway Commission and the Natchitoches Convention and Visitors Bureau want to invite you to the Mr. Crappie $75,000 Invitational Qualifier, April 22 and 23. This is going to be a lot of fun. Down on the Red River, pools 3 and 4, this Invitational Qualifier is going to allow crappie teams from all over America to come and compete for an opportunity to fish in the world's richest crappie tournament, the Mr. Crappie $300,000 Invitational on Table Rock Lake, October 20, 21, and 22, Branson, Missouri. Get these dates on your calendar. Come hang out with us and have a good time. I'm going to be at both of these events, and I assure you when Waldo throws a party, it leaves a mark. <laughs> I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for the time we've had together in this old camp house and invite you back next time around. Till then, may God bless you and your bunch. Woo! <laughs>